What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Ah, today is this week is one of those weeks where there's almost too much to talk about. Yeah, man. Yeah, then I mean, yeah, it was it was fun to get like Rishi on board the last the last round and everything. Yeah, but it always feels like there's not enough time to talk about everything that you want to talk about. You mean just on that podcast or this week? Just this week, lah. In general, this week. Yeah. Yeah, but sometimes, sometimes you know, it's a slow news week, and like we're like, oh fuck, what do we talk about this week? Yeah. Yeah. All right. But this this week, there's so many monumental things. Like it's, wow, it's crazy, man. It is crazy. So the two topics today are, are gonna be interesting. Mm. But as always, interesting. we have to start with the plug, because I think that's yes, the, that's the main thing. So if this. If this podcast has been exciting to you, and uh, we know from a lot of people that they enjoyed the, especially enjoyed the last podcast. Some say yeah. it's the best podcast they've, they, uh, we've ever put out. Uh, the one. Yeah, I had a great time as well. Yeah. Mm, it was, it was, it fun, was enjoyable. So yeah, if that put yeah, a yeah. smile on your face or any other podcast has put a smile on your face, please just reach out and tell one other person about it. Because yeah. that helps us a just, lot. And I mean, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts because that still helps. Share it on Insta Stories. Uh, I think mm. yesterday one of our listeners posted uh, the prize that he got as part of the last giveaway. Mm. Yeah, good mm. things happen when you participate, guys. Yeah, the community. Yeah, we're always looking to like give free shit to our community as well, because it's yeah, uh, man. It's uh, yeah, it's it's important to to think about everyone in the community as as our two topics today will will allude to. Yes, indeed. And so let's just jump straight into it because there's so much to talk about. Yeah. What is what is the first topic, Terence? It is about the 16-year-old secondary school boy who was planning um, a terror attack on two mosques in Singapore and how he got caught uh, even before he managed to, you know, even before he managed to procure a real weapon to do it. Lah. And he's the youngest individual ever detained by the Internal Securities Act or ISA of Singapore for terrorism-related activities. Oh, really? Uh, youngest? Yeah. He's the youngest. Wow. I guess, yeah. I don't know if that's a record that you want to break. Huh? Yeah, sir. I mean, the record was set in last January, 17-year-old. Mm. Uh, and then December, this guy was 16 years old. Uh. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah, so, so there was some news last year in December when he was first detained. Oh, yeah? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That... that there, there was, a, um, I think there was, or basically the timeline was he was detained in December. Maybe the the got statement it. didn't come out, but it was something else in twenty twenty. Got it, got it, got it. Right, okay. fucking twenty twenty. Yeah, but but I guess what um what uh brought it to everyone's attention is on twenty seven January the ISD or Internal Security Department in Singapore issued a press release. Uh, Mm. giving some background about this individual. He's not named because of his age, yeah. but um, he's a young Protestant Christian of Indian ethnicity. Mm. So he's classified as a self-radicalized extremist. Yeah. And what yeah, was wow, his... Oh um, generally, what was his... Uh, what was he planning to do? Uh? He was planning to carry out an attack on two mosques in Singapore on March 15th, which is the two-year mm. anniversary of that horrible fucking terrorist attack in uh, New Zealand mm. where the the shooter live stream him mm. shooting I think what 50 people who, yep. who got killed yep basically yeah, uh, so he wanted to carry out a, a copycat attack so to speak that means attack a mosque yeah. Uh, yeah. and try to procure weapons like a gun if he could and stuff like that right 
Yeah. So, I mean, he actually got a vest uh, from some carousel. platform online. From Carousel, No, I man. think the Carousel, he got the vest from Carousel. I know yeah. he had the machete, he, he, he favorited it on Carousel. Oh, is it? I know the yeah. vest he bought. I think the vest he bought from Carousel already, yeah. Oh, he bought, huh? Yeah. Because, oh, I mean, I uh, can imagine that kind of vest is not... Uh, it's not impossible it's not crazy, to find on Carousel. Yeah. yeah, you know, there are hobby collectors who buy this oh, kind yeah, of thing. Oh yeah, correct. He did yeah. buy that from Carousel. And so I'm guessing he had a whole bunch of plans that mm. were seized. La, because the way the ISD reported or the way the articles have been written, uh, yeah, he did have a plan, man. He was planning to attack two mosques. Mm. He uh, was planning to drive between the two sites and he doesn't have a license because he's too young. So he was going to rent a car yeah. from Blue SG. Like, yeah. fuck, you know, when I'm reading this article, like, do these brands know they are being mentioned like this? Because to no fault of their own, fucking yeah. the Blue SG is now was is the planned vehicle for this guy to, to conduct an attack in Singapore. Like I mean, yeah. do they have to put the brand? Yeah, I mean I I, I um yeah, I was just thinking about when when I read it, it felt very um Yeah, like, it's like what a sixteen year old how a sixteen year old would plan something like in the sense that it's very obvious that he doesn't know that driving sometimes in Singapore between two places isn't necessarily the fastest or easiest way to get to and fro, right? Without um, without getting you know caught in a jam or something like that. So, so you're saying take grab? Yeah, I know. Exactly. You know, take a bicycle, take a grab or or even like <laughs> use your PMD because you know, unlikely you're going to get caught based on like, we, we still see a lot of illegal PMDs all over, right? So yeah. if you don't know how to drive, you don't have a credit card to get a blue SG car, but you still insist on having it as a plan, then it, yeah, that's why I, f- I felt like, oh, it feels like a 16-year-old wrote this plan. Huh? And oh, yeah, it yeah. was a 16-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it was a 16-year-old. So, yeah. I mean, that's where, oh, like making jokes about this topic is, there's something inside which is which is a bit confused. Lah, but mm. I mean, just just like reading the line, like the, his, his targets were, he chose that because it was near his house. Yeah, correct, correct, yeah. <laughs> and, I mean, oh, fuck. So, so reading this, it, I think, I think there's so many deeper issues to talk about. But there's one article about mothership. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just the mention of the brands, mention of this. You could easily. That's not the point, right? He's not yeah. saying what fucking car he wanted to use. He just wanted to procure a car. Yeah. He got this thing from an online platform. But yeah, moving past that. But he, the, but that also he, also um, there is something to say about. Uh, I think we covered this in a topic before about carousels, mm. carousels, uh, AI. Because they mm. supposedly you can't buy weapons or you know on on carousel la. but somehow a machete was uh listed on carousel that, that you know he hearted he liked uh. so yeah. again the the carousel AI is not doing its job after the last time when they put someone put PM Lee for sale for five million dollars <laughs> the AI took a month before they discovered it right. Yeah, so I don't know how long la, it took for this, to discover this machete, yeah, but but I mean, you fix it. I mean, you. But the thing is, the machete. It's not like a huge ass, like a fucking like like a war machete or something. True. It is something that I can imagine being sold in army market and all. Uh, you know those knife shops. So uh, yeah, true, possible. So so, but okay, but if he was looking for tactical vest, mm. uh, uh, machete, maybe there's something the AI can do, la, Like yo, um. <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> Just, yeah, there's something called a search history in your carousel app, right? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. because he was he was actively looking for firearms, I'm guessing that one he didn't look for on carousel. Mm. Uh, apparently, he found a prospective seller via a private chat platform but didn't follow through. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he tried getting like some uh, explosive material as well. Mm. 
Mm. And and he dropped all that lah. So his plan was to get a machete, and he started watching videos on how to conduct knife attacks and all that. Yeah. He even prepared his own manifesto. Yeah. So this, I mean, when I first read this, I was like, okay, how detailed? I mean, when I first saw the headline, I was like, how detailed? But dude, reading this is fucking scary, man. Mm, mm, mm. Correct, correct. Did except you that, like what? Uh, yeah. Except that, um, yeah lah. I mean, if 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 he wasn't sixteen. If he was eighteen or closer to army age or post army age or something, um, procuring—I mean, the knowledge of where weapons are hidden and all that—it it would be much clearer, lah, right? But I guess yeah. when you're sixteen years old, you're, you're probably still thinking like, uh, yeah, like you don't think about things like that, lah, right? Yeah, because um, if you want to sneak a rifle out of an army camp, you mm-hmm. can, lah. It's I mean, just yeah, the, broadly broadly possible. Broadly, yeah, you can. Broadly possible, of yeah. course, of course, you can't just walk out with it, but broadly. You can think of ways, lah. I'm sure. Mm. I mean, there have been people who've been caught like fucking with a machine gun in their back uh, in their car when going to eat or something, right? Mm. There was one case, yeah, right? Correct. So, so it just feels like yeah, like what you said. If you go through army, you realize that oh shit, like a uh, a weapon is just yeah, it's just it's not like this thing that's kept in a super yeah. high security with lasers and exactly. all that. You can get access to it. It's or, part of training. Or even like I mean, uh, I, we're not encouraging or teaching anyone how to do this, lah. But this is a very appalling to us also, but you can literally 3D print parts to make a plastic gun, right? And all you yeah. need is a typical, a normal bullet, like a 5.56 caliber bullet uh, that will, can, as long as the firing pin can hit the, you know, hit the bullet, you're fine. So, so, so yeah. it's totally possible to like homebrew one of these things like, if you really wanted to. Yeah. So, so then when he got caught, his plans were revealed and right now he's under rehabilitation. Mm. Um, He's uh, involving religious, psychological, and social approaches. He may require Christian religious counseling to correct misconceptions, then psychological mm. counseling. Um, and he's going to be pushed towards pro-social behavior. Mm. Uh, that sounds like fucking hard to do, push anyone towards uh, behavior that maybe they they are not used to. But I mean, yeah. the good thing he's young, right? Yeah, yeah. The good thing he is now um, in 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 like uh, under supervision. Mm. Mm. But... I mean, when you read that before you went down the rabbit hole of reading, what 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 was your initial uh, thoughts? Uh? I mean, it was I, I thought it was pretty uh, insane, uh, because uh, this this is like right wing extremism, you know, uh, and 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 Islam Islam Islamophobia, uh, so to speak, right? Mm, uh, mm. Typically, typically the kind of uh, extremism that we're used to is usually religious extremism. Where where you know it's it's uh yeah it's, it's you know knowing where we are based in Singapore in the middle of many different in a very uh, in the middle of many different Muslim states right uh, usually mm. the kind of extremism that we talk about here is 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 part is particularly Islamic uh, extremism lah right so mm. this one is in particular is very troubling because it stems from the kind of uh, far right. Uh, extremist, uh, almost uh, extremism, almost linked to white supremacist la, kind of extremism. Mm. Uh, although, although the guy, although the kid isn't white or anything, that that is related to you know the killings in I think that guy in Norway who gunned down a whole bunch of people or yeah la, and then the, the the killings in New Zealand and all that, and and yeah, yeah la, the fact that he read all the manifestos and came out with one of his own, and and I, I I'm guessing he did all this alone, so yeah. 
Um, yeah, that's the other shocking thing to me is that he is a Christian. I mean, he goes to church. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. Actually, I'm not sure if he goes to church and all that, but he identifies as a Methodist Christian. And the Methodist Church also put out a statement. The Methodist Church of Singapore also put out a statement to say they're very saddened by this whole thing. Um, mm. So, yeah, I, I, w- I would think that he would have some community, like whether it's a church community or, or family, because the family goes to church together or something. That that to reach out to like if he if he had if he felt like he was you know uh he was being shortchanged or he was very angry about something, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm generally quite surprised that that yeah this is taking place in Singapore la. It's not that kind of I extremism mean, that I thought would would rear his ugly head here la. Yeah, because like what you said, he his manifesto literally it was basically the gist of it was as a as a Christian he felt the need for Christianity uh, to take the preempt to take a preemptive strike on Islam and Muslims mm. Um so you hear that kind of language and like he was referring to the massacre in the Notre Dame Basilica mm. um, I think he was in sp- the reason why he chose a machete was because of that horrible beheading on mm. the street in France yeah. so and I mean just to give the context of why especially we wanted to talk about this because just as a result of the type of content we were making on YouTube a few years ago, we kind of stumbled into the realm of counter-violent extremism, which is uh, the general term for anything that is used to counter acts of extremism or propaganda. Um, And we were kind of engaged by uh, institutions and all that to kind of talk about how to use social video uh, to combat extremism, which sounds like, we were like, what? How do I, this is so interesting? It's so scary, but uh, to know that our content, people saw it as okay. You guys are using uh, comedy to talk about social issues. Maybe there's something here. So, so we did. We were exposed to a lot of these things, mm. uh, which in part inspired the show that we made. Uh, She's a terrorist, and I love her. Mm. Uh, about set in the world of terrorism. Of course, that's a rom com. But the shit that we got exposed to, and the shit we read up and and researched on, it's fucking scary. How um, people can get radicalized la. Mm. and I think like what you said you know like uh, having having friends I mean if you grew up in Singapore we're not we don't have big areas of rural country where your house is two kilometers away from the next house or something right it's mm. so dense mm. but for this radicalization to take place you know honestly now I'm thinking fuck everything Shamugam was saying previously he's right he's yeah. right oh my god he's right yeah 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 I mean uh, remember he, they, they also said that he had access to, I think he watched a couple of ISIS-produced videos as well. And yeah. he was very appalled by what he saw like, in the videos. Uh, I think uh, you and I, we've, we've watched some of these videos as well as part of our research. And uh, yeah. they are very slickly produced. Don't don't think that they are like handheld TikToks or anything like that. La. They're very, very slickly produced uh, videos that are meant to like stir up very strong emotions in the people who watch them. And very unfortunately, I think this kid, he watched it and probably um, saw it as a call to arms. Uh, like, this is what the enemy is doing and, and we need to fight back and everything. And there's no, you know, um, you, you, you can look at it as like, oh, there's no other way to fight back against this because it's pure evil. And like, you only can fight it with like, counter it with like, um, you know, violence, uh, eye for an eye or whatever. So yeah. if you don't have the right um, frame of mind when watching these videos or the right context in terms of people telling you that, you know, the, the people calling themselves martyrs in here are, are spouting a whole bunch of lies like, and they are then they you know that's not what the religion represents and this is not what is quoted in the in the in the religious text. Uh. It, yeah. I think that's when shit can go wrong. Uh. And then yeah, then you start 
doing things like trying to steal credit card to go and rent a car to travel between two places that are near your house. Yeah. <laughs> Ill, yeah advice, it's, it's, Ill advice plans. Uh. Because, yeah, I mean, on the internet, you can find anything. Uh. I mean, ISIS has their own newsletter, which again, like what Terrence said, is fucking slickly produced. Mm. Um, I think now, generally, I think people are more aware. I don't know how many people are aware, but but of the the marketing power of these these uh, extremists like. mm. and i mean like the stuff some of the stuff that we saw right it there's no way you cannot feel empathy to a certain extent for the terrorists in that video and i'm saying not objectively um um, I'm just saying when you're watching that five, six minute video where they talk about how the US drones uh, kill their family and as a bunch of orphans, they now want to, you know, just avenge their fam- parents' death and all that. I, I, won't, I won't deny the fact that I I felt like, oh shit, I'm on the side of these kids. Then I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on? Because mm. this propaganda is fucking powerful. Uh. So that's why the one thing, I think the way this was reported is still... Uh, a bit of um, uh, some progress compared to how it was reported I think three or four years ago when mm. the first ever Singaporean appeared in that ISIS video correct correct yeah. right yeah and the context of that was we happened to be giving uh, conducting a, a, a workshop at Google talking about how how to use social video to to change or address social issues la. and the one thing that we did mention there was that at that point in time and the context was there was an ISIS propaganda video and there was a Singaporean guy who had a few lines la, and he spoke and you can almost hear the Singlish twang mm, mm. so the problem there was that a lot of mainstream media they instead of talking about okay like the the end result okay this guy's in ISIS they went on to kind of say okay he was a delinquent he was an ex-drug addict he was mm. not good in school almost to make it seem like okay it was inevitable he was going to lead this way and mm. our, our thing talking to the media and all and the people at the workshop was that you're doing what the extremists want like, to, to alienate him and feel him ostracize feel uh, and ostracize him and make him feel like he needs a community elsewhere like. mm-hmm. so when I was reading these articles I thought okay at least they are talking about it mm. not say not say vilifying him yet mm. um, uh, and it was more like okay this is this is who he is and yeah. not trying to character assassinate him like. so let's give credit where credit is due like, to Mr. Yeah. Shamugam and uh, and the comms team at uh, oh. I guess MCI is it or, or or what But because, because I mean, I guess yeah, well, the I was, mainstream I was media gonna, essentially Yeah, mainstream media. Because I was going to bring up that that um, this is the 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 general sentiment. I think going around is like uh, general shock and disbelief um, that uh, you know this guy is doing this, as opposed to disgust that that the person or what right? Because yeah. I guess also partially because he's sixteen years old, and I mean you can't imagine a kid, someone who's someone's son or someone's nephew or what spouting this kind of thing um but also yeah i i, I hope also that yeah that in the last few years the they they've also realized that the, when the pr is very important you don't want to drive more people towards uh sympathy feeling sympathy for the cause and all that uh yeah in fact, you want to make people feel like hey how come this one of us this singaporean this fellow uh this fellow christian or whatever uh, this fellow, you know, uh, student or whatever community he's part of, lah. How is he? How did he end up there? Right, that's mm, a failure mm. on our part. So, one thing I was quite heartened by was that I saw that oh, the, apparently there was a very emergency, big emergency meeting by the big religious leaders of Singapore to come together to talk about this, uh. So they yeah. didn't isolate it as one religion or one particular, you know, bad bad uh, apple or whatever. Like that they saw it as a community issue, lah. 
Um, yeah. So so. Oh, that was recently filmed. Just a few days ago. What was recently Is filmed? It, as in that that one meeting between the religious leaders. I don't know. I just saw. I just saw in the in the headlines that they were meeting to convening to talk about this, uh, ASAP lah. So so mm. so um yeah. To me, it's 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 good that everyone sees it as a community issue rather than like oh this guy's uh this kid's uh, uh nobody he's a loser you know he, he that's why he ends up like this lah. And mm. it, it, it just warns people to. That if you, yeah, I mean, just, you know, uh, ask how your kid is doing, ask how your nephew is doing, because you might be saving someone from like going down this kind of strange path to yeah. stealing credit cards and booking a, booking a, a, a booking a, what do you call it? A, booking a car to travel between two places. And actually, house. Sorry, I can't get over that. I just find it that funny. La. It's a very 16 yeah, year old thing to do. It's like, oh, I'm going to run away from home. How are you going to do it? I'm going to steal a credit card and then book a car and then drive as far away as possible from home, you know? <laughs> no, but if you think about it, the reason, I mean, there are kid like young terrorists around the world that have committed like horrible acts. Mm. The only thing is, in Singapore, we don't have people who have been there, done that. Mm-hmm. You know, in some way, if you think about morbidly, right? You know, whenever you hear in like the entrepreneurship world or something, a sixteen-year-old guy does something, and at least he tries. Mm. You know, uh, and and because there's no other one, no other person in Singapore who has done it. You know, he's the furthest that someone has go, and he's seen, he's glorified, like It's just that in this case, his end goal was a fucking terrorist attack, yeah, And I think yeah. it's th- that's what freaked me out, like um, even okay. So last year, January, seventeen-year-old, there was one guy who was detained. This uh, in December, 16 year old, and if there's one person who's detained, you can assume that there are more people out there, la, mm. right? Which is why I think what you were saying about how um, it was good that the religious leaders met. In fact, the Christian and Muslim religious leaders met on Thursday, 28 Jan. Mm. So basically, I think that was a fucking good, good thing PR, la, just to show that okay, the religions are not at war at each other uh, with each other, mm. right? Correct. Um, yep. But I think I mean hopefully the conversation in mainstream media also kind of. Uh, also includes things about not just religion la, because okay so I, there was another thing that we, both Terence and I attended uh, in London which was around the realm of counter-violent extremism and I think we've mentioned this on a previous podcast but I'll just say again there was one talker who was kind of like a consultant for de-radicalization la. so he goes around Europe uh, attending to people who have been radicalized and kind of helps reintegrate them to society so his backstory is that he was a London-born Pakistani and when he was 42, he had a family of five, uh, his own business, doing very well. He fucking cut ties with everything and he went to Syria wanting to fight for ISIS, for ISIS, not mm. against ISIS. Mm. Mm. And he, according to him, he said he just couldn't take what he was seeing on TV about how the Western forces were, you know, m- killing kids in, in the Middle East and he said, you know, these are these are Muslim kids. He needs to stand up for them. So he went to Syria. He But after a few months there, he realized that, oh shit, there's one thing about non-Muslims killing Muslim kids. But what he saw there apparently was Muslims killing Muslim kids. And he's like, what the fuck is he doing? So he somehow got his way out and he became a de-radicalization consultant. But what blew me away there was, you know, like, like that in that article a few years ago, it almost made it seem like it was inevitable that this guy who was not doing the best in life would end up as an extremist. Mm. But listening to this guy talk, I was like, oh, fuck, this guy, I mean, by all accounts, he was leading a successful life and he's still uprooted. And Mm. I think even in the past year, there was a domestic worker in Singapore who kind of gave some donations to to, um, ISIS. Mm. And and I think the bigger thing is that these people will gravitate towards uh, 
communities like this when they can't find a community of their own. Correct. And that's where hopefully the conversation in mainstream media also evolves to say that, okay, religion is one thing, but how come this guy had no one else to go to or what led him to seeking refuge online? Yeah, yeah. It's quite yeah, a, it's f- a scary thought, right? That, that Yeah, it's fucking scary. You see a kid oh. using, huh? yeah, using his phone or the internet, you think... He's playing PUBG or or whatever game like I don't Pokemon know. Pokemon Go or something. Yeah. Uh. Or yeah, or he's or he's just like, you know, uh sending nude texts or some shit. But end up wow, he's like on carousel shopping for machetes and things. Uh. You know, I mean the the thought a level of thought he put apparently in his plan, right? He also uh narrowed it down to just two outcomes for himself. Mm. Do you read about that? Yeah, yeah, I think. Yeah, I one was one was to be caught before his plan, or one was to execute the plan and be killed in uh, by the police. Mm. As a sixteen-year-old guy, just reading that, you're like, "Oh shit, this guy." Um, yeah, he's. Of course, there's one thing about writing and actually doing, but to put your thoughts down on paper. Fuck, how many people have said, you know, oh, they want to make a YouTube video, or <laughs> they want to write a book. Or they want to, you know, bake some bread, but they never get off their ass and do it, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Here is one guy who fucking put everything down into a plan and he's 16. Mm. God damn! But we're not encouraging it, obviously. We're still saying that, yeah, there are... Oh, yeah, I wasn't glorifying of, him. I was not glorifying yeah, him. Yeah, there are a lot of other uh, more, uh, what do you call it, uh, more productive things you can be doing with your life, right? Yeah. And I guess, I mean, it's also one thing for, I don't know, for people just... If if you see people withdrawing or 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 doing something, I mean we'll like uh we'll put some links in the show notes for for calls uh mm. or numbers that that you, you can share with people who you think are going through a tough time. And I know on previous podcasts I said I put things in the show notes uh that I and didn't end up putting until someone on our subreddit reminded me. I will mm. do my best this time. Yeah, yeah. This but is- one thing that also fr- freaked me out is like. Here, okay, we here we are in Singapore, and just reading this is kind of freaky. But at the back of my mind, I know that okay, getting a gun in Singapore is fucking hard, mm, right? Correct. So yeah. as much as someone can plan, there's that big thing to solve, like, and it and there's some peace of mind. Like. Can you imagine if you're in a country like the US or not? Mm-hmm. Where where just knowing that these thoughts are floating around, and also knowing that a guy can just walk down to Walmart and do it in the afternoon. Yeah, and 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 uh, I won't deny lah. That was one of those slightly morbid things that I did when on my trip to the my last trip out of Singapore to to the North Pacific Northwest of the US lah. We yeah. I mean we went to a lot. Of, we drove past a lot of small towns. We stopped at several uh, WalMarts and stuff like that. And yeah, Walmart is literally you walk in, you know, everything's bigger. You know, aisles are bigger, people are bigger, the carts are bigger, turkeys are bigger. Then you walk down to this, uh, you know, walk down the video game section. There's Nintendo, there's Sony, PlayStation. And then the next aisle is hunting and there's guns already. It's literally mm. freaking like <laughs> shotguns next to like the, the toy what? guns that you use on video games. Uh. So it's like, I mean, I mean, it was chained up and there was someone manning the counter and stuff like that. But it still feels like, whoa, you know, someone could just walk in or sneak it out or sneak in and just grab something. Uh, bullets and... Oh my and, God. And uh, yeah, I think they were sold like crossbows and all that in there as well. Uh. So, so it was really like everything you need to plan a, you know, a massacre. So did so did did I'm sure you kind of uh uh had some thoughts okay how you would feel walking down those aisles. But 
was like, can you just run me through what you felt? Because fuck, even just imagining it is giving me the, the chills. Yeah. No lah, you know you're the. It's like the when S- Singaporeans <laughs> we love to go overseas and then we're all wearing our our thick uh, oversized winter clothes because you know most people most of us only have like one particular winter coat and then just walking around looking at all the American snacks and marveling at how big all the party packs party size packs are and all that and then, yeah la, and then you, you walk around and people walking past you are mostly uh, Americans living in the rural parts of America a lot of them are wearing camouflage as like camouflage pants or camouflage hoodies because uh, they identify with that culture la, right that hunting is a very big part of the culture which is fine you know and all that you know after a while, you just see it as a certain style that people wear and everything. Uh, but yeah, like, it's very jarring to suddenly walk up to a place where guns and price tags and everything are there. Because our only experience with guns is like you're standing in front of a grilled door talking, barking at some uh, pesky arm squad man or something like that, right? And then asking for hmm. uh, asking them to give you your weapon. And then when they hand it to you, you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to sign up for this shit. And you, it's just very like... I don't want to have to take this if I didn't have to, right? Whereas mm-hmm. over there, it's like behind a glass panel. It's like got a price tag there. It makes you feel like, oh, yeah, if you can afford the next better one, there's an even more powerful weapon. And then with all the marketing and the advertisements next to it. So it just makes you feel like, oh, there are... There, I guess what fascinated me is there are people who really freaking love their guns and love their, love their weapons, love building up their arsenal and probably love bragging about it and hanging out with friends and talking about this shit. Um, so when you Is marry... You <laughs> yeah, when you marry that hobby with uh, a very strong cause that you believe in, right? It's like you and I, we, we're very good. We know how to use video camera. We know how to make video, that kind of thing. Then you make us... And then you marry a very strong cause alongside that, that thing. Then we end up making propaganda videos, lah, right? But yeah. for for them, it's like their hobby is guns and all that. You marry that with something I mean, that they believe in and wow, it's, it's, it's devastation, uh. The guideline, for, I mean, the general guiding light for for us when we do podcasts and videos is we make things we care about, or we make yeah. things about about exactly. things that piss us off, right? Yeah. Oh, chibai. So if if your the thing you make is like, or the thing you get or hobby over is guns, wow. Yeah. It just yeah. So that's why it feels like literally what you're saying, and like someone can just walk in there and mm. get an assault rifle and walk out, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I think you have Fuck. to. Oh my god. I think you need to have some. <gasps> I mean, I'm sure there's some regulations in place. Huh? Like, you must probably don't cannot have a criminal record and and not a public criminal record, and uh, probably you gotta have some kind of uh, basic license or something like that lah. But I think those are not hard to get lah. And, and, and yeah. given that it's a hunt, you can say it's for hunting, alright. So it really is a sport lah, right? My God, it's fucking crazy. So so one thing one thing that I also wanted to touch on is. Um, you know the meeting that they had between the Christian and the Muslim leaders it was mm. done at Yusuf Ishak Mosque la. Yeah. so what do you think about I found it surprising that they put the names of the mosque um, in the article mm, the ones that is, were targeted by the dude yeah isn't that a bit discerning or I mean I'm guessing these kind of articles you can imagine if it goes out for this kind of topic it's probably seen by like a fucking hundred pairs of eyes la, right yeah yeah so and so it's probably a conscious decision why they put it in there. I just found it um interesting la. because even on like the some of the ministers' Facebook pages or something, mm. they do mention it. Um so yeah, so I was just wondering why 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 would they do that? Uh, Can they just say two mosques? Unless I Oh, actually the count yeah. There is a 
there is an element of um I I guess this dates back to even when you remember in two thousand and one. Uh not sure if you remember, but there were some people who were I'm not sure if Maslama was part of them, but there were some people who were caught. Um like they were reconnais uh wrecking like the MRT pillars, mm, right? Mm, and then they took mm. videos of those pillars and saying like, oh, yeah, this is the target at this time in the morning, who is here, how many trains pass by, blah, blah. And literally talking about their plans to bomb the pillars. And that video was made public. It was made mm. public. It was put on the news. Everyone was watching it. And it sent chills down the spine. So there is an element, I guess, of um, warning people that the, the threat is very real. That the mosque or the church you see down the street next door to your place or that it could have been the the site of a terrorist attack, ah. because I, I the truth the truth in Singapore is that I think people are very complacent here about about these issues. Mm. We we mm. take our safety for granted way too much, and and that that is coming from after you 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 know you, if you travel a bit and and things happen to you and all that, then you know that you know this walking around at three a.m. at night and not feeling not being afraid of being harassed as a even as a guy or what right, is a is a them is a very lucky thing that we have lah. Um, so mm. so if, if it if it's uh, meant to be uh, something that you know warns people that you don't take this too lightly because this is how real it got la, then I can see why they did it la, even though why why they wait yeah they when they wait whether to release the name or what that's probably the thought la. actually that makes a fuck ton of sense because that that relates to even the blue SG and carousel Mm, because correct, correct. if you think about it if the statement was okay here's a 16 year old boy who managed to get a vest uh, online and wanted to buy was looking up machetes online yeah. he was planning to rent a car and and attack two mosques in Singapore la. Mm. it almost feels a bit too detached yeah correct correct correct. but when Where's you start talking one? about carousel and blue yeah. and all that then you're like oh fuck these are the same oh, things I use yeah. that makes a lot of sense I think that's why this article was so chilling because Everyone has interacted with Carousel. Everyone mm. has seen a blue SG car. Yeah. People have been to Woodlands. It's the Yusuf Ishak Mosque, which is so ironic because Yusuf Ishak is the first president of Singapore. Yeah, correct, correct. Oh my God. Fuck. Okay, so it is. it, it makes sense. Like mm. that, yeah, it's probably, that's the reason. Because like, like what you said, it's, you know, like even when you think about COVID or anything, shit never feels real until it happens to you or it it is anchored or manifests itself in something that, is in your life, la. Yeah, right. And right. I think this why this that's why these articles are so fucking chilling because, yeah, you can literally walk past that mosque, mm. in uh, Woodlands and Sembawang and say shit, there could have been an attack there. Yeah, exactly. Oh god, it's quite scary. Quite scary. It's true. Oh my god. Uh, yeah, yeah, because if you read it, just two mosques in Singapore, right? Mm. It would have a very different feel. Yeah, you you. Yeah, like, it would just feel like uh, you would just imagine. Oh, he's sixteen. He's not old. my mosque, lah. Yeah. Yeah. What is and he's not my mosque. Yeah, yeah, it's not my religion. Not my not my mosque. Not, you know. Not my mosque. Is <laughs> not my mosque. <laughs> 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 oh shit! Everyone's walking around. Not my mosque. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah you're you're talking about nimbi. Not in my backyard syndrome, lah. Basically, right? Yeah. This is not but, in my not yeah, my mosque. Oh yeah, my not god. Not my mosque. Yeah. Hang. Yeah. Actually, but yeah, like, I mean, it, it, I I think that they have to balance like the. I mean, I guess the so-called doxing or whatever with with public interest, lah. And then if it's about, I mean, and they made it, they made a, quite a big uh, announcement of it, all right? Shamugam came yeah. and you know made like a lot of uh, interviews and everything, uh, and there was a lot of mainstream media coverage. So, I, I think it was there's a it's a very deliberate action, lah. Yeah. 
Actually, actually, I think it's a it's a fucking PR masterstroke because if you mm. think about it, once they identify the location and mm. for Shamugam to go to that location, right? Yeah. Just visually, right? It's saying like, hey, fuck, you know, fuck these people. They're not gonna change. They're not gonna make us fearful. They're not yeah. gonna make us stay away from these places. Uh. Exactly. Holy shit! Exactly. So so yeah, that's, it is a kudos a, to them, man. There is something quite like, like 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 yeah, not just to scare people, but also to. Tell people to don't be afraid. We we got your back. Where you know we got this under control. That's also yeah. important. Uh. Yeah. If, even his statements about uh, places of worship, I think Shamugam like must give him must give him props for this. I mean the way you know like in the US you always hear okay they're shooting at schools. What do we do? Put more uh, security forces there. Yeah. Um, I think I think Shamugam's approach and response to that question uh, about whether or not these these religious places should. Have more security. I mean, basically, he he was saying that um, it's just more security doesn't mean uh, is is everyone else playing a part like, Because security is a national issue. Everyone mm. needs to play a part. Um, and also we we need to we need to go on with with our life uh, in a way that it it it, it can't change that much like, You know, our, mm. if our way of life includes religious institutions, then we have to keep them welcoming, keep them open like, Which I thought. God damn, that is that is a little calming la. Yeah, yeah, correct. Oh Shan, we we let you off this week. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Pop props, props like, to the, the team. La. Props. Yeah. Yeah, props to the PR team, props to the way they, they communicated this. La. Because yeah. yeah, I think what you said is fucking true, man. Like it, it's anchored in something you can see, touch, mm. feel. <gasps> <Yeah>. <gasps> but yeah, la, yeah, I guess carousel, please work on your AI. <laughs> the main takeaway yeah the main takeaway of this whole discussion is carousel your AI okay first PM Lee being sold for 5.5 million yeah. then now you're selling machetes yo carousel wake up your idea huh? yeah. carousel yeah exactly correct Woo! but oh from God. one online platform oh. to another <laughs> mm. Yeah, mm. this mm. is uh, our second story our goofy topic um I mean, it's, it's goofy, but it also in, probably affects a lot of people. Just not not probably not in Singapore, but a lot of uh, individual retail investors, I suppose. What is yeah. this goofy topic we're talking about now? Uh, the goofy topic is about how a discussion that started on a subreddit, uh, Wall Street Bets, mm. um, kind of escalated into like the a lot of people on the internet coming together to buy stock of GameStop, which is a, a f- gaming franchise in the US, mm-hmm. which caused it to go from, I think what, like $2.50 to hundred to $300 plus USD per share. Yep, yep. So it went in a space of like a month. Um, and it's not like Bitcoin or anything which went on a fucking bull run. Mm. Uh, it was the manifestation of a fucking interesting... Uh, 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 mechanic in the financial world and yeah. given that you you have finance background let me try and explain it and see whether I got it right yes um so basically there was uh this hedge fund that was mm. short short selling a bunch of game stock uh stock yep right and what i understand from a short sell is that you basically are selling these stocks at a price of say $10 mm. in with the belief that the stock price will go down mm. in future so when it goes down you buy it back you return the share at 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 uh, uh to the person you owe and you mm. make the difference la. So mm, if mm. you sold it, you short sold it at ten dollars, you buy it back at three dollars, you make seven dollars per share. Okay. Right? Okay. And, Still quite and complicated. I, right. 
Yeah, and and I would assume that for a hedge fund uh, that whose priority is to make money, um, you are betting on the company failing, right? Yes, yes, correct. Uh, so it's almost I don't know how they can influence uh, a company to fail, but it's almost like you see like mm. someone like an old person on the street, uh, you're like, oh, that guy's fucking gonna die. I'm yeah. gonna put a bit on his house. Yeah, correct. So correct. Wall Street bets kind of caught wind of that, and they came together together mm. to fucking buy stocks of GameStop which caused it to shoot up which now means that the hedge fund who maybe sold his shares at $10 a share mm. if they wouldn't buy it back it's $300 a share correct yep so they are in massive debt yeah. and that's what happened and it fucking blew my mind yeah I mean um, more than just massive debt I think a lot of them uh, because the the short the shorting period was still towards the end of January so a lot of them had, had already had to exit the period with the giant losses la. and so some of them had have had to raise capital or sell off part of their sell off part of their business and stuff like that mm. Mm. so so did I did I give that overview fairly fairly accurately uh it is a very technical accurate I mean it was it's accurate but it's still a bit confusing la, I think in fact I've got I think mothership has has uh, an article out about this now that uh, explains it best. So so I'm mm. going to give all credit to Mothership, but the, I, I think they explained it best. La. And to paraphrase mm. them, it's basically like you see, you go to your friend's durian shop, then his durian is selling for $20 a piece. And you and you you tell your friend, hey, I'm going to borrow, you lend me one durian, you lend to me, and then the, mm. I will give you back in one week's time. La. Then your mm. friend lends you the durian, and then you go to another place and you sell that durian to that person for twenty dollars. And then you mm. because you expect the price of durian to drop within a week. La, so a week mm. later, the price of durians really dropped to like thirteen dollars. Then you buy back that you buy back a durian for thirteen dollars and you return it to your friend. La. So mm. you are basing on the fact that you already sold the durian from your friend for uh for twenty dollars. And you're returning a thirteen dollar durian to your friend, so you made seven dollars off that, law. Mm. So if mm. you project, yeah, if you project that the price of durian is going to drop, then it will make a lot of sense to be be doing that, like borrowing from someone and then selling to another person, and then after a week later you buy back and and give back, law. But in this case, what has happened is that you borrowed you borrowed the durian, and then someone down the street hears that oh hey fuck this guy is he's trying to he's betting that durians are. The price is going to go down. Let's fuck him over. Then they they rush to your your friend's store and they continue. They keep buying durian. You see, they keep buying durian to prop up the price of the durian Demand above twenty. So the price of durian ends up being a week later is twenty five dollars. So you sold the durian for twenty dollars, but now you have to buy back a twenty five dollar durian to return to your friend. So you lost five dollars there. Mm. Mm. Not very right. This I I thought I thought it was a very. It's a very clean analogy. Yeah, la. fucking. <laughs> the moment you anchor it in food, uh, most Singaporeans, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes food a lot of sense. Going to a store and then, you know, because <laughs> Durian's got so many different stores, sometimes you also don't know why they're different prices and all that. La. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. And I mean, apparently it was not just one hedge fund. A lot mm. of hedge funds were shorting stock of GameStop. La. Yeah, yeah. Right. But yeah. I think the one that got the most coverage was um, this Mel- one Melvin, company. Yeah, Melvin? Melvin Melvin Capital Management. Yeah. I think basically so, the, the history was it started in December already, right? Like 2020, mm, where mm. Uh, activist investor, which means uh, someone who comes in and buys a large portion of the stock because he believes it's, usually believes it's undervalued or the management is not doing something properly uh, and there is more value to be unlocked in the stock. 
they usually buy a big chunk, like five to ten percent, and then they try to influence the board of directors to you know whether it's change the management or do something different or pivot the business or whatever. So that's why they call activist investors, where they come in just purely, <clears throat> just purely from a financial position where they own a large financial position in the company and try to influence the actual management and day-to-day running of the company. Uh. Um, mm. and a lot of times on Wall Street, these activist investors are seen as um, uh, as, as, as mavericks. Like, you know, they, they, they kind of mm. rock the boat and, and sometimes they, they go against the grain and tell people what they don't want to hear and things like that. Uh, so sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not, not so. Usually it's not so good and all that. Uh, because you know the intentions at the end of the day are to to make more money and that's it. Uh, they don't really care yeah. about the long term health of the business all uh, right. Um yeah. and, and yeah, so I think uh activist investor came in and took like a thirteen percent share in GameStop. And um uh, GameStop as a company is uh is a gaming retailer. It's a bit like the you know, in Singapore the game lights and all these kind of mm. places. The old mm. brick and um, brick and mortar kind of like shops that it's sell games. It's a franchise, la. La. Yeah, it's a franchise, and, la, right? And, and they used to have thousands of outlets. Now they've it's dwindled because obviously retail is dying. But I think at the end of the day, you know, a lot of people also have, uh, you know, I don't know whether it's a strong affinity to GameStop places like GameStop or or Blockbuster where they grew up and and bought DVDs or played games or what lah. But but mm. yeah, la, seems like these people rallied around the around this uh what this activist investor was saying and and the stock and started to call for people to you know keep propping up the stock la. even and then when they heard that and 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 um the one the I think one of those uh short selling hedge funds when they heard that this activist investor was doing this gundu thing of trying to unlock more value from a dying stock they decided oh let's let's do the opposite of what he's saying you know let's short it la. and because we don't believe that this will work la. and I think mm. somehow people on Reddit got wind of it and Wall Street Bets and then they started like really, you know, trying to channel people to um to to to, to buy the stock in whatever little amounts they could to to keep it up. So it became almost like a retail investor versus institutional investor kind of wall. And mm. and that's where we are at now. And I mean I think since the financial crisis or I mean for the longest time I guess the Wall Street in the 2000s had a had a bad rap right and i think since the financial crisis since the past few years yeah. it's uh they are almost like a com- common enemy right yeah, of right. the people right yeah. so i think this also had that kind of like david versus goliath uh thing where ultimately if you're short selling a company in the hopes that it's about to die yeah like it just feels like um it's, it's yeah, very like, why, why? Move, right yeah yeah i mean i it's probably the way a lot of these hedge funds make money. Uh, I don't want to go into that, but I think philosophically, or if you want to sell your story on the internet, it's, much, it's a very easy seller. You know, these people are banking on mm. this company dying, a company that I assume has been around for a long time. Mm. And if they're a game store, they've probably brought joy to a lot of people, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? So, so, so it's not just game stores, right? Like a lot of other like, like what the hell kind of stocks also went up, like Blockbuster. Uh, mm. Oh, Blockbuster. Yeah, <laughs> Blockbuster has like, <laughs> like one retail outlet left in the whole of the US. Uh. Uh, I think uh, Nokia also. You know, so all oh, these yeah, Nokia also, very nostalgic <laughs> brands that we grew school. up, that people our age grew up with, uh, right? That we heard yeah. of or we know what they refer to. Like last time, not, not like chill and Netflix is a thing, but last time was like, oh, you want DVD? Uh? Yeah, like just go Blockbuster and grab it. Uh. There's that kind of, that level of, uh, of, of ubiquity, uh, so to speak. 
Yeah. Yeah. So so then what what what's the general discussions about this? Because I know you mentioned just before this podcast that uh, Robinhood, uh, yeah. a retail investing app that fucking blew up in 2020, mm. they did something that that pissed off a lot of people. No, they basically stopped. Uh, they banned the 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 buying of Robinhood shares. And and oh, you mean of GameStop shares? Okay, sorry, hey, Robinhood, GameStop shares, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh-huh. Robinhood is one of those fintech, you know, so-called fintech startups that democratize um, buying shares, where any retail investor can can do things like buy short stocks and and take very exotic positions in in stocks and stuff like that. Exotic meaning um, the mathematics is very exotic one lah for this kind of thing. So mm. it's meant to be like you know for everyone. And and you would imagine that a lot of people on retail investors on Reddit and all that probably are using something like Robinhood lah. So for Robinhood mm. to disallow people to buy any more GameStop shares, um, yeah, it caused the price the price of uh, the GameStop shares to plunge. Mm. So so but, from this ridiculous highs, is is starting to plunge a little bit. And then the crazy thing is that, um, both the Republicans and Democrats are are calling foul. Like they they're saying that Robin Hood needs to be investigated for this because they've they they could have been interfering in like the free market lah, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. because Robin Hood being a fintech platform that has raised a fuck ton of money, you know definitely behind closed doors they are heavily influenced by Wall Street lah. Yeah, and if sure. it is the case that that Wall Street or some aspect of it influence them stopping games out then that is fucked up lah. Yeah. I think the biggest thing the biggest thing about this is the sentiment that you know it's like you know the 99 versus 1%. Mm-hmm. Um there's that whole stereotype and not to say everyone on Wall Street is an asshole. Yeah. But um it's not in, in, in a lot of the times when when your business is predicated on like betting on other businesses failing mm-hmm. it's a easy business to be like yo guys is this is this really what you want to do yeah is yeah. this a is this how you how you get your like a get, get your get your dimes yeah so, it, it, one important things to remember is that there's um it happened 12 years ago or 13 years ago already like the financial crisis you know but um one big thing is that the 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 people who caused that financial crisis right the the big players and all that they got bailed out lah and and really almost z- nobody got almost zero people got any any kind of criminal investigation or any investigation to how the hell did this happen lah so it's almost mm. they got a get out of jail free card lah you know um whereas in countries like I think there were other countries like Finland and all that who uh or is it Iceland or what where, where Iceland, yeah, yeah bankers who ended up going to prison for their involvement in the subprime mortgage scandal and stuff like that um mm. because there was negligence or there was they signed off on 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 you know very big trades that were obviously not um there were obviously uh, the, the people involved were negligent uh, in, in in monitoring them so there is still a very big hangover from that whole period of the financial crisis in the US lah where where there a lot of people probably feel a lot of um Still feel a lot of anger towards uh banks from that period lah, and and even till today you know like I I'm listening to Obama's um uh, biography very slowly, but but he literally I can hear in his voice he's straining to try and explain why, uh why he did what he did during the financial crisis in terms of to like to bail out the banks is to it to bail out the, the the choice of bailing out the banks the choice of like rather than just letting uh you know let letting the banks burn or whatever and things like that lah, so so he he's even all these years later, people are still taking a lot of steps to try and explain 
um, the the reasons for actions back then because there is still a lot of uh, inbuilt anger in in the in the population mm. about it lah. So I can totally imagine something like this, people just jumping on it and being like, "This is a big f you to Wall Street lah, right?" Because mm. you think that we are all just minions who follow who you 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 just say that this stock is gonna die and then we just follow you and and everything, but we'll show you otherwise lah. But how long this can sustain is another question lah because. At the end of the day, the fundamentals of GameStop. <laughs> you know, there's a very funny meme going around where like it shows Big Bird sitting in the boardroom, and then the <laughs> and then the I think the caption is like uh, GameStop like uh, uh, alongside Tesla and Amazon when it suddenly is now a Fortune 500 company. Fortune 500, yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, funny. Sorry, sorry. yeah. No, but I think what you said, it is true. La. There's a hangover effect. And I know after the subprime crisis in 2008, the, the SEC, which is the, the regulatory body in the US, they imposed uh, bigger restrictions on the financial markets. La. But mm. even then, I think there is... It's almost like, okay, you know the example you gave in Iceland where uh, people who did fucked up things in the financial world went to jail, mm, right? Mm, they got, they got uh, punished. Yeah. So it's almost like, okay, if you do bad things, you will get bad things done to you. Yeah. But in the subprime crisis in the US where it was clearly the banks knew they were fucking things up, right? Mm. There's so much literature. If you just want a two-hour version that explains everything, go and watch The Big Shot. It's a fucking yeah. good movie. Yeah. But it almost felt like, yeah, these people did something bad, but because their institutions were too big to fail, mm. they were like, sorry, you know? Build so, yeah. yeah, and and I mean, in some way, it, it relates to, <laughs> to the first story, right? In the sense that if people feel that the justice or or they're not being kind of like they're not it's not the world is not fair to them they're going to find other ways to correct it la, mm-hmm. right so in this case what these redditors are doing is not illegal in any way right in fact if robin hood uh kind of does that then there can be investigations but for investors coming together mm-hmm. it's like i don't know you watch a youtuber or some news pundit or some stock stock investing pundit, and you follow his his words. You do that; it's not illegal, what? Mm. But it just shows that the system, okay, there's there's sentiment there, like, that needs to be addressed, la. Mm. I won't be surprised if bit if Bitcoin price also is surging because in some way Bitcoin, the whole mantra is we fuck fiat currency, fuck the traditional financial system. Mm. It's going to be a new thing, la, Right? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I, I I'm not hundred percent sure if there's anything uh illegal, in Iceland, uh. no illegal or what. Uh, from the actions of of Wall Street bets, uh, the Reddit thread, mm. because um, you know, at the end of the day, it is it is. Uh, I mean, in some ways, you are manipulating markets when you tell people just buy it for the sake of fucking over people. Uh. Cause, cause I was watching an interview with Jordan Belfort, you know, the the Wolf of Wall Street, the one that the movie that Leonardo DiCaprio acted mm-hmm. in. That it was it was mm. based on this person. Essentially, mm. he was a. I mean, he was pump and dump, but he was duping all these. Um, he was duping all these uncles and aunties and retirees to throw money into all these penny stocks, promising them that they would, you know, they would make a lot of money from there. And so there was a lot of uh, the, the 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 prices of these stocks like went up, like in spite of very questionable fundamentals of the business and stuff like that. And and then based on that, you know, it, then after that they would dump the shares and make a lot of money, and then after that leave all the other. All, all those other people in the dust uh, to to deal with the fallout after that law. So so I am mm. not hundred percent sure if 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 it's illegal or not legal. But one thing that Jordan Belfort said is I wish that 
he, he said, I mean, he, he, he thinks it's awesome that this whole thing is happening and all that, but he just wishes that they were invested in something other than GameStop. Lah. Because, <laughs> I mean, the business fundamentals are like, is really the big bird of the corporate room, lah, really. <laughs> <laughs> you invest in GameStop, it's like, huh? <laughs> like, who uses, who goes, who goes to a shop and buys games anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's funny. That but I mean, funny. it'd be, you know, actually it'd be Woo! interesting to hear like what finance people really think about it and all, right? It's, yeah. It's a, uh, it's I a, know there's a financial literacy podcast in Singapore or something. Mm, I'm sure they'll uh. examine it too. La. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ours was just more the, just, I think it's just interesting that there's this big FU going on from a community on Reddit to Wall Street. and But, Reddit, but, it, uh? but it really uh. has managed to move markets. Uh. And, and the funny thing is like how in the mainstream media you read it like, Reddit sounds like a fucking like a porno channel or something like that. Like something damn <laughs> yeah, scary, you know, wow, this this uh trolls on Reddit. It's la, like 4chan lah. It's yeah. like 4chan like that. Whereas I'm like, ah, yeah. Reddit usually I just use it to like talk about video games and and, and Reddit is and look awesome. at memes, memes about the NBA and stuff like that. Like it's not it's not as it's not like a terrorist organization or anything. <laughs> yeah, Funny. I think Reddit as a social social network is fucking the bomb, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is so so and and I think part of the reason why the interface of Reddit hasn't been improved is because they want people to be there for the sake of because they want to be there. Yeah. It's almost like let's let's make, let's keep this shitty ass website. Yeah. So that if you if you are here probably you are here because you do want a community. Yeah. And you don't want all the, you don't want fucking ads popping up everywhere. And I yeah. mean, there, there are ads, don't, don't, don't are, that's mistaken, but, but they're not, not as intrusive as Facebook. And like, every time Facebook does a fucking UI change, it's, it's, it's like, you have to relearn how to use Facebook like that, right? Yeah. You know, especially when they, they made the desktop UI this really ugly uh, black card. I mean, this, this like three column thing that is like, doesn't make sense at all for desktop. I was yeah. like, what the hell, man? Like it's like they they're just forcing it down your throats already, yeah. Yeah. But but that's where as a social network, yeah, man, Reddit. And of course, we've got our wonderful subreddit there as well. Yes. So please check it out. Yes, correct. It's 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 one of the best things that has come out of this podcast. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So what do you think? Is it time for about, the one shock thing? I believe it is, my friend. How about how about you go first? Yeah, I mean, uh, yesterday I mean, uh, it's nowadays it's quite difficult to get my attention on YouTube lah. Um, mm. But uh, just yesterday, I I came across a channel that uh, I just really enjoyed watching. I don't know why, um, but it's just this guy who does camera reviews and gear reviews uh, from Holland, uh, and because he's Dutch and everything, his accent is really is very interesting to me. Like it, mm. it jumps between like what it sounds like a, a German accent to a French accent to another accent and all, and and it, it's just funny because he's like the, the video was was of him, um, like like talking about a new telephoto camera that he used to go in um just go around his uh a rural area around his house or something like that to look at uh to take photos of wildlife and so he brought his son mm. along and then at one point like the there's this fox that walks up to them and interacts with them and things like that and it was a fox yeah a fox like like um yeah like a wild fox uh. and then hey, this guy what? like suddenly he just gets so excited and then in his his very interesting accent and he's just talking about oh, how awesome it is that this fox is here and then and like i, I can't i can't 
you know, it's such a beautiful thing and his son is there like, just like, come on dad, get on with it. And it's just like, I don't know, it's just the way he just talks and like, I just seeing a guy in his, you know, I don't know, in 40s or 50s or what, just being so excited about something that, that, that you know, like usually should get a kid more excited. It was, it was just very endearing. La. So it's a, it's still a very small channel, a couple of like thousand, thousand, uh, one, one or two thousand followers only. But I, I just found it, it's, it's very rare that I find this kind of channel that I'm like, oh, it's so this guy is so endearing. Let me, let me just follow him just I don't it doesn't matter what he's reviewing or what I'll just listen so yeah and how did you come across him no I was just looking up about these reviews on this particular lens and then usually like YouTube tries to feed you all those like very typical tech YouTuber reviews right you know those yeah. that like oh they get the the lens up front from the manufacturer and then all the reviews are not biased and all these things <laughs> but I just wanted to I wanted to read a review from someone who was like actually bought it and is using it on the field and and he's not like, you know, being, he's, he doesn't have any relationship with the company. And just to see how it is, because it's a very big lens. And, you know, I, I'm just thinking to myself now, if I buy it, it's so heavy. Do I want to carry it around and stuff like that? So, so I've just been trying to find reviews. Huh? So I go to the, the those reviews that don't have as many views. But this guy, then this guy's one, this guy's review popped out. And I just try so enjoyable to watch. And it's such a breath of fresh air from all the the overly slickly produced like uh you know gear review channels and all mm. yeah and he's just talking cool. about how he saw a fox and it's so awesome and all that that I thought was very <laughs> it was very nice like yeah and it's and it's very fun and it's quite interesting Dutch accent yeah, oh, yeah his name cool. is um the channel is Jerome Kloppenberg yeah wildlife photography or something like that yeah I will I'll put a link oh. in the show notes uh. yeah yeah cool 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 Mine yes. is mine is also a YouTube channel. Oh really? But it's got uh, well, uh, a bit so more followers. Sync? I don't know, sir. Oh okay. It's it's actually a YouTube channel that I saw pop up a few months ago, but I didn't click on the video intentionally mm. because I think that video was if people lagged in real life. Okay. And I'm like, ah oh, fuck, not another listicle. Fuck this shit, lah. Uh. But then just happened the other that. I think I just wanted to veg out and I saw one of his videos called like, If People Did Everything Aggressively. His name is Daniel mm. LaBelle. Uh, I've seen it, I've seen it, yeah. Dude, it's fucking it's awesome, funny, man. Yeah, yeah. It's so damn good. Like, he, there's no lines. He's mm. just physical comedy. I think he blew up on TikTok. La, and yep. you can tell that he did this all during COVID because yeah. it's all in his house. And I think he lives in one of those parts of the US where you have big houses with a lot of space. Yeah. And I, I, I'm surprised by how much I fucking love his videos because they're all listicles. Yeah. But his physical comedy is awesome. Yeah. I love it. But, but when you drop your phone, if people did, if people did everything as a trick shot, if yeah. people could teleport, it sounds like listicle videos, which I have a visceral apprehension to. No, I think the one I watched but, was if everyone like squeezed everything they had in their hand or something like that. So like every time someone hands you a drink, <laughs> then you just squeeze it and you just crush it. Like, or hands you anything, you just crush it, like, You know, like what? Yeah, yeah I think sounds, I've seen that. Yeah, it sounds so stupid, right? Yeah. But it's so good. And like he films all his videos with a phone, like, So mm. there's no high production value or anything. But yeah, it's it's fucking great. I love it. Oh, cool! Another uh, two new YouTube channels to check out in case you yeah for you to down the rabbit to, hole. Yeah, that's like go down the yeah. rabbit hole. Don't go and read manifestos. Go and watch YouTube videos. <laughs> exactly. Just yep. to veg out, man. It's the weekend, guys. Yes. But uh, yeah, right. that's, our, that's our second news update of the week. Alrighty. Cool, cool, cool. 
we will and see you. And we will talk to you all soon.